Well, we are so blessed that you're here and so blessed that you've come here this morning. Welcome to Harvest Bible Church. Welcome to all you that couldn't make it or all of you that stayed home because the 49ers are playing at noon. But that's okay. Uh, I happen to be a 49er fan, so I'm not going to curse you this morning. You're okay. But uh, no, you're not okay, but I still love you. No, it's all good. It's all good. Hallelujah. Amen. You'll make it there for four things. It's all good. I love all of you. I'm just kidding. Amen. Hey, we are so glad that you're here. If you're here for the very first time, we have a lot of fun at Harvest Bible Church. We love God with all of our hearts. And if you are here for the very first time, well, welcome. We're so glad you're here, and we're blessed to have you. If you'd like to find out more about us or get connected with us, uh, there's a Connect card right there in the seat pockets in front of you. You can fill that out. Let us know how you heard about us. That tells us if what we're doing is, is our advertising is working. And uh, so those kind of things, most of the time it's because you heard about us through somebody else uh, or you searched and you found us online and we're really happy about that. So if you could fill out that card and, and drop it into the offering bucket as it goes by there, it'd be a blessing. Amen? So uh, thank you. And we're glad that you, you're here this morning. We just love God with all of our hearts. We want to reach as and touch as many lives as we can. Bring as many people to heaven as we can with the love of Jesus. Amen. And we want to build up. We want to finish our course. We want to make sure that everybody stays in the body of Christ. Nobody falls behind. Nobody falls back. We want to encourage and strengthen one another. Amen. And this is a beautiful family. These folks are awesome. At least I think so. I, I think so. Very, very much so. I tell you, I am blessed. These folks are great. And, uh, you know, I know a lot of people that, you know, a lot of pastor friends of mine that they go to a church they don't like and they pastor it. So it's not good. But I go to a church I love and I like. I like my church. I like the folks. So, amen. Well, we're going to worship God with our, our tithes and offerings this morning. So, uh, honoring Him. So, if you need an envelope, they are right there in the seat pockets in front of you, too. Or if you're giving online or doing all that stuff there, texting and all the way there. And those of you watching, you know how to do all that, too. Amen. Praise God, we are excited. I'm excited about what God's doing and what He's doing in, at Harvest Bible Church, naturally and spiritually. You know, we're going to get a new roof on, on top of here soon, as soon as we know it's not going to rain uh, for an extended time. And uh, somebody said, are you going to open this up when it... I said, no, we're not going to hopefully not do that until we see a nice window of sunshine. And so we're going to work on that, but we're also, uh, you know, getting all of our, our ducks in line in order for what we're going to do here. And, you know, we're trying to be good stewards of what God's given us. Amen? And uh, we know that needs to uh, uh, get done so that... Uh, Protect everything else that's in here. Amen? Hallelujah. So, you know, it, we had that massive rain and we found out that we even had another leak over here. And it's sorry that, uh, you know, Junior over here, had to, he had to realize that that's where his base case got all full of water and they didn't even know we had a leak over there. So that wasn't good. But that's okay. That was only number seven. We're good. We got it all handled now. Amen. So it's all good. Now let's pray over this offering right now. Amen. Father, we honor you, we love you, we praise you, and we thank you for your goodness and your grace. Lord, I just thank you. I thank you, Father, for these folks. And Father, I thank you that because you told us to bring our tithes and our offerings and to worship you with our giving, and Lord, you would open the windows of heaven. It's all about you. You're, you told us to prove you. 
It's the only place in the Bible where you told us to prove you, which was in our finances. That's the only place with our money because you established it. You did it in Abraham, Father, way before the law, way before any. It was with promise. And so thank you, Father. It's a promise. It's a promise of what you've given. So, Father, I ask that you meet and supply every need, that you just do exceedingly abundantly. Father, that you are opening the windows of heaven. We believe that. So, Father, thank you that we don't give grudgingly or of necessity, but we give cheerfully, full of joy and full of peace. Father, we honor you and we love you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen and amen. Ushers, go ahead. Let's receive this offering here. Who wants to grab this one? I can use this one here. Glory to God. Amen. I'm going to give you the announcements this morning. Hallelujah. I'm going to actually go on our wonderful app to make sure I don't uh, miss out where it is and, and what it is. Amen. That's always a good thing. Praise the Lord. First of all, hey, we've got the uh, uh, men's breakfast coming up Saturday. Amen. You want to make sure that, uh, you know, get ready for that and what's happening there and all those things there. Uh, We also have a young adults. We have a a YAMS young adults meeting this coming Friday night on the 3rd. So you want to make sure that you're part of you're in the ages of, you know, 18 to to 30 there. uh, Come and find out what's happening and get connected. It'll be a tremendous blessing along that line. And uh, uh, glory to God, I know that th- we got a lot of things that go on during the week and stuff. Of course, we have financial peace tomorrow night. If you haven't, I, mean, I don't know if it's, it's oh, if you can't get in that because you missed the first one, I'm not sure. But hey, you know, we thank God for that. Also on Tuesday nights, we have a men's Bible study. On Thursday mornings, we have a women's Bible study, ladies Bible study. And, uh, you know, we have, if, we have Monday prayer too from four to six. And then we have Friday prayer and things that are happening. So... Glory to God. You know, we got something going on in connectivity because we want to get you connected. We want to get you a part of the body of Christ. Amen? You know, it's so incredible. And then also, I know my wife's going to get up and share about this, but I want to share too, is that next Sunday we start up School of the Bible again. Hallelujah. Which is going to be really cool. And you guys are going to be blessed. And then also for that, we have your books back here, correct? Hallelujah. Are you going to do all that stuff? I don't want to steal her thunder. She's going to get mad at me. But also, I want you to hold the date, too, in February, is that if you're, we're having a baby dedication on February uh, 19th, so uh, for those of you, we have a lot of babies being born at Harvest Bible Church, and so hallelujah, good things in store there, amen? So uh, I'm going to let her do all of the other things she's supposed to do here, so come on up here. (laughs) Amen. Still my thunder, I tell you. So um, we are getting ready to start our next unit of School of the Bible, and this is going to be such a fun one because it's the whole um, teaching is going to be on focusing on God as creator. And, you know, I just, I really want to encourage you, if you haven't joined the class, it's not too late. There is extra books we have also available. But have you ever heard about that we don't need our appendix? Everybody raise your hand if you've heard that we just don't, it's a body part we don't need anymore. Four of us. The rest of you, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> you have heard, right, you don't need your appendix. Do you know why that we're told we don't need our appendix? Because it's leftovers from when you evolved, and it's just something we don't need anymore. Did you know that? Yeah, well, you know, there's just a lot of stuff that we, we take, you know, as, 
as, um, you know, that the, they know what they're talking about. But, you know, how many know that God is the creator of this body and he created everything for a purpose? Even that stupid little appendix that I had to have taken out because it, <laughs> not because, it, because it was, uh, I, it burst actually on me. So, um, but at any rate, you know, there is, there is, uh, a purpose and, um, there's a couple things. So in the class, we are going to really delve into creation, how in the beginning it's God who created the heavens and the earth. We're starting in Genesis chapter one, verse one, and, um, some really, really exciting things that you'll be learning, um, about creation, about how, you know, space, it takes space matter and, um, time, you know, for, for things to be created, right? For the world to be created, um, Evolutionists, all that will agree and tell you that every, that life begins at evolution, but they don't know how to tell you how life existed. Like, how did it start? They don't have the answer, but Genesis 1 1 gives us the answer. In the beginning, God. So, why is this important? It's important because as Christians, we live in a secular world, and every day you're hearing news, and, and your children are going to school, and they're being bombarded with theories and things that are contrary to the Word of God. And so now we live in a society that is so, why do they believe in abortion? Why is abortion accepted? It's because they've been told that you're nothing but an animal that crawled out of a slimy mortal pit. And so, and you have no purpose. And after you die, you cease to exist. But we know that God created you with a purpose. You are created in the image of God Almighty. You have purpose. You have value. And there's a, a, there's a future for us in, in Christ. So this is important. As a Christian, you need to know these fundamental foundations um, and why, why it's important, especially if you're a parent. I highly recommend this class for you that you can teach your kids. We will as well be teaching our kids in elementary, preschool, K and one, and also high school, junior high. We'll be learning these things as well. And we'll be having a guest speaker come in as well that is going to be talking about dinosaurs. Well, where do dinosaurs fit into all this picture? Well, come and find out. I love dinosaurs personally. I asked Pastor Mart if I could buy a big old, you know, instead of a moose head, why not get a big old fake Tyrannosaurus head or a three ring and hang over our fireplace, but he said no, but, um, any rate, in the back, um, Miss Angelica and Miss Leticia will be back there. If you've already purchased your book, books, they have your books available. Also, the devotionals, which are great for your family. If you would still like to take the class, there are some uh, books back there available. They're five dollars for the Sunday school book, and five dollars, I believe, for um, for the devotional. Lastly, um, another exciting thing is a conference uh, in line with what we're do- teaching. It's um, put out by what's called Genesis Apologetics. They're having a conference March 4th in William Jessup University. And um, this is really exciting. There are, I believe, nine or ten of us teachers that are going. And we'll be uh, working with the first through fifth grade, teaching them with with Dave Bisbee, who is um, going to be teaching that class. And he's with uh, the Genesis Apologetics. And so we're really excited. If you are a a college-age student in your hands... In your hands. I mean, raise your hands. <laughs> if you're a college age student, raise your hand. You are free. You can actually go to this conference for free. It's March 4th. 
Um, we are, as a church, sponsoring every um, high school student and every elementary student that wants to go. So if your child is in grade fit, first through fifth grade and you would like them to attend this, we are sponsoring that and we're sponsoring their lunch. And we really want them to come. This is such an important... Um, and the, some of the things that they're going to be talking about is from Genesis to Jesus, why Genesis matters. I love that subject. Um, the top t- 10 evidences for biblical creation... Um, Darwin substitute creator called natural selection, wonders without number, God's wonders in biology, mathematics, astronomy. If you like that kind of stuff, I love that kind of stuff. Um, you can attend this. If you as adults want to attend, you can attend as well. And the cost is $35, 15 for your lunch. You can see me after church. I'll put these flyers in the back. And I believe that's it. All right. God bless you guys. Have a wonderful day. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, it's, uh, you can see her passion. She has a lot of passion for those things. And somebody asked me the question that says, well, if I, what is it, if I, what I believe about creation, does that affect my salvation? And the key is, is no, you can be totally wrong in your head. As long as you believe in Jesus, accept him as your Lord and Savior, you get to go to heaven. But what it does, to, yeah, junior high, you guys go, you're not doing high school too, or are you doing high school too? High school too. So junior and high school, you guys can bolt. I don't know, you guys can get out of here. Amen. But what it does do is it affects your total authority on the earth. It affects whether or not you receive all that God has, whether or not your understanding of believing God. And so it's so vitally important. Say, Why do we want to believe the Bible? Because it's what God said. Amen. People get all nervous. They go, yeah, but like I told you, I told you about my friend who said, you know, I can't believe that all these people believe a a book that was written by, you know, dumb fishermen when we have all of these great, brilliant people who wrote all these other great books that are so smart and all this, you know, that uh, can't believe that. I said, no, the problem is, is that this wasn't written written by dumb fishermen. (laughs) It was written by God. How God inspired those dumb fishermen. Hallelujah. How the Holy Ghost gave them utterance and how they all agreed and how they did and the improbability of this thing being written by all of the different authors and agreeing. It's pretty incredible, number one. And that's the thing about it. When you don't think that the word of God is the inspired word of God, that's what messes everybody up. See, because when you put trust in man, then you get man's results. Amen. Amen. You know, I mean, that's what we see, and we see this all the time. So that's why, you know, God's kind of just sharing with me to, to, to stir you up. We started a little bitty series of things about that he promised, and we're going to continue that this morning. Amen? Go to Second Corinthians chapter 1, and uh, because he promised. What did he promise? Well, he promised his word. He, there's a lot of promises that he's given unto us, and what you have to understand, God said some things. He promised this, how to do it, so it is so, and you receive it. Because you've got to realize God's not promised to heal you. That usually gets everybody all nervous. What do you mean he hasn't promised anybody? It's a fact that God has already healed you through the blood of Jesus, through the cross, through, by his stripes you are healed. Isaiah said, 1 Peter 2 says, by his stripes you were healed. Well, if you are and you were, then you is and you am. You got that? So we're not going to discuss things. But see, the promises of God are already a done deal. God's already promised, but God's already done it. Now, most of the time, for us, if you promise to do something, it's futuristic. You're about to do something. But the thing about it with God is God promised to do all these things through Jesus Christ, hallelujah, and his, his crucifixion, you know, his resurrection, and the sending of the Holy Spirit 
all of God's promises are yes and amen. And we're going to read that scripture right there. Amen. We're going to read this. And if I sound a little bit excited, it's because I am excited. And then those of you that are new here, it's just me. Okay. I, I talk really fast. I, I've been trying to slow down. And uh, I don't think I'm doing a very good job of it, but I'm trying. And uh, because I, I, I made a, well, let's just read the scripture and then we'll talk, okay? Hallelujah. Second uh, Corinthians chapter one, verse 20, it says, for all the promises of God in him or in Christ are yes and in him, amen, so be it unto the glory of God by us. Now he which has established us with you in Christ and hath anointed us is God. God has established you and God has anointed you. Amen. And who has also sealed us and given the earnest of the spirit in our hearts, which he gave us the down payment of the Holy Spirit in our hearts to all of the promises of God. Amen. But isn't it amazing that when he said this here, and and, and we look at it, he said, for all, everybody say all, and I love the word all, I did a study on the word all just because I heard somebody say this, that all in Arabic and in Greek and in Hebrew and in all the other languages, what does this word mean? Because you know, everybody's always trying to figure out what it is. Did you know that all, this word all in Arabic, Greek, Hebrew, and all the other languages means all? Means effort means all. It's an all inclusive. It's just it. It is. And so, because I don't know about you, but when I can have all of it, ooh, I get all of it. Oh, come on! I want to enjoy all of it. All right. And so, you know, he said all the promises of God in Christ are yes, and in Him so be it. Yes, and so be it. Go with me if you would to Psalms one hundred and nineteen and verse eighty-nine. I made a statement about. Your stand on the sovereignty of God determines on how you receive from God. See, how you believe God is, and what do I mean by the sovereignty of God? Is God sovereign? I mean, can God ever change? No. God's, he said, I am the Lord God. I change not. He said, there's no one. I change not. You know, God can't. God's not a man that he should lie. He's unchangeable. Amen? You know? And so, but what, how we receive from God determines on what we believe in him or not. And that is the biggest key. Uh, most people believe in a God. We, I know we have lots of atheists who gets all the press and stuff. But for the majority of folks, they believe in God. The problem is their thought process is about God. God can, but we're not even sure if he will. And we're, they're mostly sure that he won't because they don't think they deserve anything from him. And they're right. They don't deserve anything from him. You know what? We don't deserve anything from him on our own self. I mean, even on your best day, you can't impress God. You know that? Okay? But we're not on our own. We've been bought with a price. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We've accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, and we're covered with the blood of Jesus. Amen? And so when God looks down on us, hallelujah, he sees his son's blood that covers us. So we have every right. We have every promise. Everything that Jesus bought and paid for us is ours. Amen? So all of the promises of God are ours. Amen? Here in in Psalms 119, verse 89, it says, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. The New Living Translation says this, Your eternal word, O Lord, stands firm in the heaven. Notice it says, it's settled in heaven. Do you ever have something where that settles it? That settles it. 
Amen. That just settles it for us. It just settles things. Amen. Now, and I want you to go over to Hebrews, if you would, with the Hebrews uh, chapter six. Y'all doing okay? I know that, you know, if you didn't bring your Bibles, hopefully they'll put it up here. I gave them all my notes. I know I'm jumping around big time. She doesn't know. She says, well, you're not going down. I never do. She, <laughs> I never go in line with my notes. I have them all here. I have seven pages. Seven pages, front and back. I mean, we're ready to go. And if, if I turn one, you guys are excited. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, lo- I love this. It's like, okay, Lord, help me. Help me. Help me get all these things here. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. But I'm going to read you something from Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12. Okay? A- a- and uh, we're going to start there. <clears throat> and I wasn't going to read out of the, the King James, but I'm going I'm to, you know, uh, just go ahead and read uh, out of the New Living Translation here that I wrote down. That's why I wanted to grab it and just for the sake of time. Here's what it said. <clears throat> In verse 12 says this out of the New Living Translation. It says, then you will not become spiritually dull and indifferent. Oh man, aren't you excited about that? How many spiritually dull and indifferent people do we have? Don't, don't answer that question. Don't look to the right or the left. Everything's good. There, you will not become spiritually dull and, and, and indifferent. Instead, you will follow the example of those who are going to inherit God's promises because of their faith and endurance. For example, there was God's promise to Abraham. Since there was no one greater to swear by, God took an oath in his own name saying, I will certainly bless you and I will multiply your descendants beyond number. Then Abraham waited patiently and he received what God had promised. Now, when people take an oath, they call on someone greater than themselves to hold them to it. And without any question, that oath is binding. God has also bound himself with an oath so that those who received the promise could be perfectly sure that he would never change his mind. So God has given both his promise and his oath that by these two things that are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have fled to him for a refuge can have a great or can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls and it leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. You know, how many of you know right now that we need to have something that's going to hold our souls steady? You know, the Bible, in all of the stories of the Old Testament and understanding why God wrote all these things and why God wanted us to understand that his word is never going to change. Amen? It isn't. We, we grab a hold of this. You know, First Peter one twenty five says this. It says that God's, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Amen? Thank God in his word is the gospel. His word is the word of God. And believe it or not, the sovereignty of God is the greatest ground that we have. And it's the greatest ground of confidence that we have that he's going to meet our needs, that he is the one that saved us, that he's the one that can do all things in our lives. Hallelujah. It's the greatest confidence that we have, believe it or not, to share the gospel and also to share with sinners why they need to repent and why they need to get saved. Because believe it or not, there is a heaven and there is a hell. 
Most people don't believe that, that there's a hell. They all believe that there's a heaven. They think earth is hell. Well, it's close, but it ain't as bad as it's going to get. You know? So we, we see things like this. Now I want to share a couple of stories with you that how many of you remember uh, the story, uh, you know, Daniel there. Daniel is, is a uh, young man, gets, so, you know, into Babylon comes in and they overtake Jerusalem and they take all of them captive and ben, Daniel's a young man and he, he rises up, him and Meshach, Shadrach and Abednego, they rise up. Well, Daniel, but Daniel rises up even farther. So the guys that were there in Babylon, they're trying to figure out how can we get Daniel to mess up because the king likes Daniel. We got to figure out. And the only thing we can find out that Daniel does that we think we can maybe get him on is Daniel prays three times a day. Wouldn't that be great if the only wrong thing they could find about you is you pray too much? Wow, that would be an exciting thing. So what they did is they go to the king and they say, Hey, King, we, 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 we just, you know, they, and they butter him all up and say, King, yeah, you're awesome, you're awesome, you're wonderful. Why don't you make a law for the next 30 days that no one can pray to any other God or anybody else, just pray to you because you're that special. The king's like, I like that. Let's do it. So, the, and he does it. And the thing about it is, is that he puts his laws into motion. It's the laws of the Medes and the Persians. And in their law, which is in all kingdom laws, is that when the king decrees something or the king says something, it cannot be changed. It cannot be changed. Amen. It cannot be changed. And so, you know, all of a sudden they find out. And so the first thing when the king signs this and he does it, what do all these guys do, all the princes and governors? The first thing they do is they run to Daniel's house because they know that Daniel heard this. And the Bible says when Daniel heard this, what did he do? He went to his house, got on his knees, looked toward Jerusalem, and he prayed. Three times a day he just prayed, you know. And uh, funny thing about it is, is that they go back to the king and they say, listen, you said this, you made this law. He said, yes, I did. He said, well, Daniel, he's, he, he's disobeyed. He did, he's still praying three times a day. Isn't it amazing that Daniel prayed in the morning, he prayed at the noontime, prayed at the evening time. These guys waited all day long to see if he was going to do it three times. I mean, they said if anybody prays one time, but they waited and watched him three times, Okay. And then when the king heard this, he's like, oh, he's so, and, and the Bible says he, he agonized, he fasted, he was like, how can I get out of that? And he couldn't get out of it. Now, see, we think, well, why didn't he just say no? We're not going to do that. Why didn't he just say no? It's going to be okay. I, I, I changed my mind like everybody else does, like all of our politicians do. Change this law and that law and do this no matter what you say or vote. It's like we could just change. We just, no, I, just, I didn't like that one, so I'm going to change it over here. He just, just changes it. He's changed. Why, why doesn't he do that? Because he can't. Because the moment that the king changes his word and it doesn't go with what he said and decreed, he's no longer king. He's no longer sovereign because the circumstances is bigger than he is. And he can't do it. He can't change it. Now he tells Daniel, Daniel, I hope your God's bigger than me. And of course, we know the story. Amen. But let's look at another story. What about Esther? 
And I told my wife I was going to share this thing here, and she was like, well, where are you going with this? And I said, listen, because you know, well, and I agree with my wife on this subject, but the very first time that it talks about the Medes and the Persian law in this, it's in Esther, and it's when uh, Vashti decides not to come before uh, the king there and, and, and be paraded out in front of all of these drunken guys and all these terrible people. She said, I'm not doing it. I'm not coming. And so all of the guys there said, you got to do something because this is going to cause an uproar in all the women of the kingdom and they're going to think they can do things. So you got to make a law that says we can say anything we want, but they got to be quiet. He didn't know that law existed. It doesn't exist. It existed way back then and it didn't last. Okay. We understand that. So he made a law that said, okay, she's gone. That's how Queen Esther got in there. But how do you know later on in the story of what takes place in the book of Esther is that Haman comes in and Haman says, he gets to the king and says, hey, we need to kill all the Jews. And so he has the king make a law and the king decrees that yes, all the Jews can be destroyed. And Mordecai comes to, to, to uh, Esther and says, hey, listen, you're not, you got to go there. You got to, she said, I can't. What am I going to do? He said, no, you've been called into the kingdom for such a time as this. And so she goes in and of course he hands out a scepter and he says, hey, and she begins to expose, hey, I'm a Jew. You're telling me that you're going to kill all my people. What can I do? He's like, wait a minute. I don't want to, what are you talking about? So then he kills Haman and he gives everything to, to Esther there and all that stuff. But then he says, okay, I'm going to make another law. And the cool thing about this law, he says, I'm not even going to make it. Mordecai, you write it all out there. I'm going to sign it and you give it. And so what they said was they couldn't say that, no, you can't kill them. What they said say is the Jews get to defend themselves. <laughs> they get to kill you and take all your land. If they win, they get to beat you. And so that stopped everybody else because before it was that you could just go kill all the Jews, take all their stuff and no consequences. So why do I share that is because when you understand the power of words and you understand the power of sovereignty, how many of you know God is not a man that he should lie? God can't change. God's word is forever settled in heaven. Now we look at God's word and say, well, that's, oh yeah, I read that scripture. Isn't that nice? But that's God's word. That's God's promise. That's what God said. Amen. And if in a man's word is like that, and that's why the king couldn't do it. Do you remember over, let's bring it over into the New Testament. Remember when Herodias' daughter dances before King Herod? And he said, man, I'm going to give you anything. What do you want? She said, I want the head of John the Baptist on a platter. And he couldn't change it. He didn't want to do it, but he couldn't change it. Why? Because he said it. Now, wouldn't it be bad if somebody walked around every time you said something? Oh, man, look at that. I get that. Hey. <laughs> I mean, all of a sudden, it's like, whoa, because our words are so powerful. But God's word is so much more powerful. See, if the king ever changes his word, then it makes the circumstances become sovereign instead of him. And that changes everything. Remember what God said about this Bible? He said, not one dotting of the I or one crossing the T of this word will ever go away. God said, this is the confidence that we have. That we know this word, that we take hold of it. Because why? God promised. However much we esteem what God said is the value that it is, and it also is what we receive from it. See, people have been blaming God. Well, God didn't come through, or God didn't do this, and God didn't do that. It's not a matter of what God can do. It's a matter of what we can believe on the promises of God, taking hold of it, how to live. Because why? Because we serve the sovereign of sovereigns. We serve the Lord of lords. We serve the king of kings. And his word is forever settled. His word is bound. His word is forever working. 
See, you got up this morning and the sun and the moon and everything was still here. The whole world is framed together by the word of God. We know that the world and the universe was framed. God said it and it was so. That may not thrill you, but I love that. That's why, I mean, she likes the stars and all the other, but I love the sun and I love the moon. I love that when we get up and we know glory to God, God's word is still here. Amen. God's word is still working. God's word is still true. God's promises are yes and amen every day. We get to take hold of the word of God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Because why? Because this word cannot be broken and it can't be annulled. (laughs) it's forever fixed in heaven. Amen? Amen? That's why we could say in Isaiah 55, verse 11, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth, says God. It's going to accomplish the thing whereunto I sent it, and it's going to prosper in it. It's going to work. That's why 1 John 5, 14 and 15 says, and this is the confidence that we have in him, in Christ, that if we ask anything according to his word or his will, amen? then we know that he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, then we know that we have the petitions that we desire of him. Then we know that this word works. Because listen, if John 3.16 works, when you believe and you, know that you're cha- and you know that you're saved, glory to God. Everything else, all the other promises of God in here are yours. They're yes and amen. They're yours. See, that's what we have to take hold of it. You know, one of the things that I've, I, I notice with a lot of folks in, in a lot of things is that people want to pick and choose what part of the Bible they want to believe. Amen? And then they get mad at other people who go farther. They get really upset about this because, you know, God's not intimidated by your request. If you ask in accordance to the word, now we know. You know, the Bible says that all things are possible to him that believe. The problem is, is that you don't believe, you're hoping. Well, if that's true, then I'm going to pray that I get this and get this. It's like, yeah, but can you believe that? It's not about what God can do. It's about what you can believe. And we can talk to you because the whole thing about it is you don't really believe that. Because when the chips are down, what are you going to do? Amen? You know, <laughs> I mean, you've got to understand God's up there keeping his word. God's keeping his word every single day that the sun rises and it sets. Every single day, God's word is in action and God's word and his promises. And we've got his promises in the word of God. That's why it's so important to believe what God's word says over what everything else that man is telling us. How that you, you know, it's really hard when, when we have this thought process of thinking, okay, well, that's kind of hard to believe. That's kind of hard. And we get mad when God answers prayer for somebody else. Or when God does miracles, it kind of tweaks us. Like, okay, well, I don't understand that or why God did that. Because God's God. Somebody believed him. Somebody believed him, you know. And we look at the Bible. I mean, isn't it amazing? We look at the Bible and uh, we see Paul. I mean, golly, Paul, Paul's life is a mess. You know, he wrote you know, two-thirds of the New Testament. Awesome guy. God did great things. But, you know, he was in and out of prison his whole life. He was. That's how he got to see everybody. That's how, he got to, that's how he wrote all of his letters. Amen? I mean, he was in the deep three times. When I say in the water, floating around. Shipwrecks. He was beaten three times. Okay? Uh, you know, all these things. 
And, and uh, you know, it, it, you, you see his life and you see what goes on. And yet in the midst of all that, God used him far greater than any other man except for Jesus to, um, to touch the lives of all of us. We're still reading all of his letters that are so true and so wonderful and so on. And, you know, that's what, if it's funny, the, the enemy tried to stop him so many times, but he couldn't. How many times has the enemy tried to stop you? If you look over your life, you know, you realize, hey, listen, he's tried to do so many things, try to discourage you, try to get it, you know, and so even when he's going and coming against you right now, it's nothing. You got to always look back and say, you know what? God brought me this far. He didn't tell me to go halfway and sink. Jesus said, let's go over to the other side. We're going to get to the other side. You know, Jesus told Paul, Paul, you got to go before Rome. You got to go before Caesar. So there's no, I don't care how big the, the storms come. I don't care how big everything is. You're still going to make it. You're going to get there. You're going to get there. That's why Peter could sleep the night before they tell him they're going to kill him, cut his head off. He's sleeping between two soldiers chained. I don't know about you, but that's a little bit difficult sleeping on your back. You know, I snore when I sleep on my back, so it'd be loud and they'd be hitting me. But the thing about it is, is he's sleeping. And you say, well, how could he sleep? Because he knows, guess what? I'm not going to die this way. Jesus told me I'm going to be old when I die, and I'm not old yet. He believed it. Now, most of us think, well, I thought God was, I thought God was going to, I thought God would do this. He did say, what did God say about the situation? What did God say about the situation? What did God say? How many of you know you can't go over and under at the same time? You can't. You got, you got to believe what God said about you. Amen. And you know, it's so vitally important, so vitally important what you believe about yourself. Now, others can say or do whatever you take authority over words, but you need to understand, what do you believe about you? How do you see yourself? Amen? Amen. What, do you, what do you believe? How do you see yourself? Glory to God. Because we know God's given it to us. Somebody says, well, what about, what, what is the purpose of God's promises and all the, the purpose of God's promises is fulfillment in your life. Every promise of God has a day of fulfillment and it needs to be fulfilled in your life. You need to get a revelation of it and receive it. You got a day where salvation came. If it didn't, you can have salvation. Salvation is believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth the Lord Jesus. You begin to believe something enough to say it and act upon it and receive forgiveness and receive eternal life and become a new creature in Christ Jesus. And if you're a new creature in Christ Jesus, then all of the promises of God are yours. Everything's yours. You're in the family. Now, here's the thing about it. All of God's promises are ours. Well, why don't they just, why, don't, why can't I just, why aren't they just here? You got to possess them. You got to go get them. It's like when he told the children of Israel, I, the land's yours. They would go over in the land. There's walled cities. There's armies. Uh, hey, that's mine. You got to leave now. Didn't work that way. They had to possess the land. They had to go get it. And isn't it amazing that while they were in the wilderness, their shoes and their clothes never wore out. They always had food. They always had a perfect temperature, had a cloud by day, 72 by day, had fire by night, 72 at night, nice and nice. Or if you like it cool, sit on the outskirt of the camp. It's good. So wherever you like it, you know, different temperatures, you know, all that kind of stuff. And for 40 years, 40 years, you know, God's putting up with their total unbelief until they all die off until the younger crowd comes. Amen. And the younger crowd, glory to God. I mean, that younger crowd was tough. 
Because they had seen what had happened. They had heard what had happened. And here's the thing about it. When Joshua said, okay, let's do this. Let's do it. You know what the younger crowd said? Joshua, we're for you or with you. And if anybody's not for you or not with you, we're just going to kill them because we're not staying out here anymore. <laughs> Serious. That younger crowd, you got to watch them. They just kill you. Shoot you off to the side. It's what the Bible says. It says, we just kill them. We just kill them. We're for you. We're with you. So they don't, they don't agree. We just kill them. We're just going to go. We're going to, we are going to go in. Amen. And you know what God's hand, and that's what his hand is upon us, is getting a hold of the promises of God. The purpose of the promises of God is for us to receive them. Amen. I wrote this down. The promises of God contain a revelation of what Jesus is eager to do for us. All right. And the wonderful thing or the greatness of God's promises is seen in their suitability or their ability to meet all of our needs and to fill all of our capacities. And the thing about that is, is that God does exceedingly abundantly above. Uh, You know, she didn't know I was going to say this. I should have had her put it up there. She could write it down. Uh, But here's the thing. Their unchangeableness or their ability not to change makes it so wonderful because and it makes them exceeding great and precious promises they're exceeding great and precious promises amen i mean they're so valuable i value the word of god and so what it does it removes all of the doubt all of the unbelief about their ability ever to be fulfilled go with me if you would over to uh second peter hallelujah chapter one Hallelujah. I, I just want to get this across to you so much because I want you to know and to understand how awesome God is. But, I, you know, we, we look at things and we're always looking outside for help. And have you know, I am so excited that, you know, our government is broke. Because <laughs> eventually they're going to stop being able to do what they're doing. And there's going to be a great falling away. There's going to be a great thing. You say, Pastor, you're, you're, you're saying there's going to be all kinds of depression, all kinds. Yeah, there's going to be a great. You can't just keep doing what they're doing. You know, if you know anything about economics, it's, it's an impossibility. It just doesn't work. Hallelujah. But the key is, is that they're not our source. God's our source. And, and no matter what they want to say, no matter how they want to say it, no matter all these things they want to say is theirs, it's not. It's ours. It belongs to us. God made God, God owns all the, the gold and all the silver and all the cattle, and he owns it all. He owns the earth. Hallelujah. And he created it all for you and I. Now, see, it's hard for people to believe that, but that's what he said. And he's going to bring it all to pass for you and I. I say, well, how's that going to happen? I don't know. But I don't care. It's not, my job is not to know how. Every time I read in the Bible when somebody asks God how, he got mad. <laughs> and it was not a good sign and it was not a good thing. You remember? You remember Moses? One of the biggest ones. Moses says, God, he said, God, they want meat. He said, okay, God, the and Moses goes, what do you mean? There's 600,000 guys, not counting women and children. There's over two and a half million. What are you going to do? You're going to kill all of our cows? You're going to kill everything that's here? How are you going to do this? And God says, how? 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 I'm going to give you so much meat, it's going to come out your nose. You're gonna, you're gonna, it's gonna be, you're not going to be able to gather it all. 
You know, and he causes the, the quail, causes the birds to come from all over the places. And, uh, you know, feeds two and a half million people for however many years, every single day. Now, they had to go out and clean the birds. They had to go out and, and do everything. They did, you know, he didn't, he didn't clean the birds, do it, and cook it for them. Okay? <laughs> they had to do something. Hallelujah. Now, that's a, people think, well, he didn't feel. Yes, he did. He gave you the ability to do something. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We see this. Amen? But when we ask how, see, that's where people, but I want to know how. I know you do because you want to know everything because you want to get the glory. And see, God gets the glory. And then when you give him the glory and you humble yourself, say, Lord, I just trust you. You're going to do this. God does it. And you give him the glory. Say, praise God. Thank God he did it. Thank God he did it. Hallelujah. Someone says, how did he do it? I don't know really, but he did it. That's okay. Look at here in 2 Peter chapter 1. Hallelujah. Verse 4. Actually, let's back up to verse 3. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. You guys thought I made that up. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these exceeding great and precious promises, hallelujah, that by these we might, amen, that by these we might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Aren't you glad? Glory to God. God's given us the ability to have his divine nature on the inside of us. And when you talk about that, people get so nervous. They get so excited. Oh, you're blaspheming. No, I'm not. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I got born again. I became a brand new man. There's a brand new me on the inside. I still have the same old outside, and I still have to renew my mind. But the man on the inside, glory to God, is alive unto God. He's got the nature and the ability, hallelujah, to receive all of everything that God has. Hallelujah. He can stand in the presence of God without any inferiority, without any guilt, without any stain. Glory. He can say he doesn't get sick. Hallelujah. He's brand new. He's alive under God. He's an eternal being. Hallelujah. I have eternal life living and dwelling on the inside of me. God's divine nature. Hallelujah. That's what I have. Now I've got to get that up into my head so I can walk in it. I got to get that up until my head gets renewed and I can begin to believe what God says about it. Amen. I've got to believe it. I've got to accept it. I've got to say, glory to God. This is what God says. This is what God wants. Hallelujah. This is amazing. But I've got the ability to receive because he gave me the ability to receive. Amen. He gave me this ability. It's not me, but it's Jesus Christ in me. It is Christ in me, the hope of glory. And that's just not the hope of eternal life. That's the hope of life here. That's the glory of God that reigns and rules. That everything God said and did, hallelujah, we can receive down here. Amen. We can walk it out. We can walk in light of the word of God. Amen. Amen. Praise God of what God has done. I mean, Abraham's blessing is mine and yours. It's ours. It's ours. See, the word of God, that settles it. God said it. That settled it. God said it. I'm going to believe it. People get all nervous at you when you're just standing on the word. But when you're standing on the word, you're standing on the most sure thing you can ever stand on. Doesn't matter what anybody else says. For the Bible says we walk by believing and not by seeing, or we walk by faith and not by sight. That's why the enemy is always trying to attack your faith. 
He's always trying to get you to move away from the gospel. If we don't move away from the things that we know, if we stand, then we'll see the salvation of the Lord. Well, we got to believe that. That's what we got to have a sure foundation. Amen? We got a sure foundation. Yeah, that's why it always shocks me about folks who, uh, you know, you know, we see this and that's why, you know, they're doing this whole genesis thing. College kids are free because we, we want to get it in you because we don't want you to fall by the wayside. But I never understood that, you know, because, you know, I grew up and of course I grew up in church and then I had to make my own decisions and everything and I kept hungering for God. I understand that I was called. I didn't know that at the time, but, you know, when I got filled with the Holy Spirit, then I knew I was called. But with that is that, you know, I had everybody else trying to vie for my attention, but not one time did I ever think about denying Christ. Not one time. Did, and people always say, yeah, but that can't be right. That can't be. I said, it doesn't matter. I'm believing this over everything else you're saying. Because I'm believing what God's word says. I, you know, I, you're trying to make it. Well, let me just show you logically. Let me just show you all these things. I said, I don't care about logic. I don't care about you trying to prove all this stuff. Glory to God. You're trying to prove all that. I still like to stick over here because this brings peace. This brings joy. Hallelujah. All I know is God said and what God did, and I'm trusting him. He's the one that started it. He's the one that saved me. He's the one that's doing the things in my life. And it don't it doesn't matter because if you can bring all these books and all these encyclopedias and all this stuff here, but if it doesn't line up with here, it ain't right. Well, you're just letting one book determine your life. You better believe it. I'm, I'm letting one book determine my life. You know, and I'll end with this story. You know, I had a gentleman come, and he was upset because his wife, and I've told this story before, but it's the best one I got. And, uh, uh, but his wife and, and, and daughter had gotten saved in, in, in our church uh, back in Pittsburgh. And so he was just ranting and raving. He came in, he was all frustrated. He's all, and he starts telling me all this stuff and about how smart he is and telling me how much smarter he is than I am. And then he starts rattling off all of these, you know, professors or all these different books that he'd read, you know, and, uh, you know, all these guys, you know, all the, uh, all the different, you know, scientist things and telling me, and then he, you know, uh, just, just going off. And I, I thought, gosh, he better calm down. He's going to have a heart attack right there just because he's so mad he's yelling and he's up and he's yelling at me you know about all his, you know and he, he keeps saying you're brainwashed you're brainwashed you're brainwashed you're brain and i said what well, time out i said time out calm down i said listen here, here's the difference you choose to brainwash yourself with all of these guys with all this history, with all this science, with all this stuff, everything you're reading, all these guys who wrote these books and all this stuff back in these days and these times, and you're saying these are all, these are scientists and they're this and they've got PhDs and, you know, and ABCs all behind their name and all this kind of stuff, and that's really cool. You decided to be brainwashed through all that. That's what you're believing, and I decided I'm going to be brainwashed through this, and I believe this. Now, here's the key. The key is you're all upset because your wife and your daughter have, finally have peace. And they finally have joy. And God's touched their bodies. God's healed them. God's doing great things in their lives. And, uh, and you're frustrated because your science didn't work. And you're frustrated because they no longer think you're the smartest person in the world. You know, amen. I said, that's the difference. I said, here's what we, you know, just begin to share with them. Because, you know, people, you know, you can't, don't, don't get mad at people in the world. Don't get mad because they're just going by what they're hearing. They're going what they hear. They're going where they get their news. Amen? See, the gospel is good news. I'm going where I get my news. 
I get what God is saying. You know, it's amazing. People always come to me when they hear somebody else say something and they go, oh, pastor, you're doing right because I heard so-and-so say it. I said, well, I don't care about so-and-so. I know I'm doing right because I'm doing right. I could care less about any other man of God in the, in the world. I love them all, but I, glory to God, I got to stand before God for me. Hallelujah. I'm glad that you think I'm doing okay because you like them better, but that doesn't bother me either. I love all of you. The key is, is that I know what I'm teaching is truth. I've already been through all the different things and all the different crazy things, and I'm not bragging on me. I'm just walking in all the light I know, and I'm trusting in God for all, and I want to know more. Yeah, I, I like to listen to people. I like to li- I, I feed myself all the time with other folks because I don't know everything. But the key is I know that I got to know that I'm walking in the truth. You got to know that you are. You got to hear yourself say it. Amen. You know, somebody asked, what did you get that guy? I, you know, that guy, bless him. I got him all calmed down. He didn't have a heart attack. Didn't get him saved that day. But praise God, I'm believing that the seed was planted. I pray, talked to him about it. And that, you know, I know that his wife, hallelujah, is in heaven. And I know that the daughter is doing wonderful. Hallelujah. Uh, you know, she's actually married to a politician who's doing really good. He's saved because he was in our church too. So glory to God for that. He's doing good. Amen. At that time back there. So let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we honor you today. Lord, I just trust that I stirred up their hearts. I want them to believe the word of God, especially, Father, to know who Jesus is in their lives. Father, it's one thing that we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, but then we begin to let the Holy Spirit unveil truth to us. Mm. Hallelujah. You know, the most important thing is to know Jesus. It's like I said in the very beginning, our stance on all other issues of, of the Bible they matter a lot for authority, but they don't matter in, our, in the sense of our salvation because if we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and we truly believe in our heart and we truly confess with our mouth, we are saved. It's a simple gospel. It's a simple gospel. Like I said, the greatest ground that we have to stand is that God's not a man that he should lie. He said, that we need to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and we would be saved. We would be saved from what? Saved from hell. Saved from eternal damnation. There is a heaven to gain and there is a hell to shun. And if you're here under the sound of my voice or you're watching, Jesus Christ loves you. He so loves you so much. Cares for you. He died for you and he rose from the dead for you so that you might have eternal life. And what he did in his death, burial, and resurrection is he solidified all of the New Testament and made all of the promises of God yes and amen, which is what makes it wonderful. Is by He sealed it with his blood. And so if you're here under the sound of my voice here in the, in the auditorium, hallelujah, or even watching, if you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, he loves you. He loves you. And it seems so simple just to raise your hand and say, I want Jesus, and then to say, confess with your mouth and, and say a prayer. But it's that prayer, it's that acknowledgement, it's that believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth how that gives salvation to you. The Bible tells that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So if you're here and you've not made Jesus, and you want to, I'd love to lead you in a prayer. I'd love to, love to pray with you. And so if you are, you say, I need Jesus, or I need to come back home. If you need to come back to God. See, sometimes, say, well, I did that, I did that, I did that a whole bunch of times. You know what? If God's dealing with your heart, man, do it again. Do it again until you know. You just keep grabbing a hold of this. When God touches on your heart, you just keep reaching out to him. Say, yeah, I need that. I want to come. I know that, hey, 
I want to make sure in my heart. So if that's you, raise your hand real high and I'll pray with you. We'll pray. We'll pray together. God loves you. He cares for you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Well, we're all born again. We're all Christians here. So now I want to pray for you so that you can touch lives. Father, I pray for the body of Christ at Harvest Bible Church and the body of Christ that's watching. Lord God, my heart's cry is they realize that God's word cannot fail, that God's word is forever settled in heaven. Hallelujah. And that what God said is true because the Bible says, let God be true and every man be a liar. Hallelujah. That God's word will stand in their lives. God's word, Father, will continue to move forth. And as they stand on the word, they'll receive the promises of God, which are promise of eternal life. Hallelujah. Promised of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Being filled. Promise of healing and of prosperity and of wisdom and of peace and of joy. All of these things, Father, that you promised in your word that you already gave to us. Jesus said, I give you my joy. So if he gave it to us, it's ours. Yes, it's promised in the Bible so I can partake because it's my promise. It's a promise you gave to me. Hallelujah. So, Lord, thank you for that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Father, for this amazing church, these amazing folks. Oh, Lord, I just thank you that you've called us into the kingdom for such a time as this. And we honor you for that. We love you. We praise you. We thank you. Oh, you're so good. And, Lord, as we go out these doors today, we thank you for your amazing grace that enables us to be, hallelujah, labors into your harvest to give an answer for the reason of the hope that's within us that we can touch lives Father hallelujah because this, there's a lost and dying world out there they totally are in confusion and they need Jesus hallelujah let us be a light Father we honor you for it and it's in Jesus name that we pray amen and amen let's all stand up I'm going to have the prayer team come forward if uh, you need prayer for anything Come on, they'll, they'll pray with you after you come forward for salvation, baptism of the Holy Spirit, whatever it is, they'll pray, or just having your needs, prayer, whatever it is. How do I love all of you? God loves you. Be blessed.